Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. More information about Lifehouse and our senior pastors, Richard and Helen Kabakian, can be found at lifehouse.com.au. We hope you enjoy the following message. I believe that God has a message for each of us today. Uh, I believe that He's going to awaken something inside of us, that He's going to start stirring up, that He's going to awaken the promises that He has for us. And we're going to be reminded of His goodness and of His faithfulness, and it's going to be a really good day. You know, we're all created on purpose for a purpose. We're not actually called to live a mediocre life. God, uh, before the beginning of the world, God the Father thought about us. He willed us into existence and He has designed us for greatness. We all have mountaintops uh, to possess. And, you know, in the Bible, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says that we are His masterpiece. We're His handiwork. We're His craftsmanship, which means He chose us. He created us. He designed us. He thought about us. And we're, we're no junk. We're actually His miraculous design. Uh, I have three kids and my son, he's the middle one, Solomon, he's seven years old and he loves to create things. He's our creative child and I've been watching my children recently play hours and hours and hours of Lego and just last week he designed a robot hen. Yeah, like a rooster, a robot hen. And uh, the, the back tail moved and he had these front bits together that opened and closed and moved. And he had uh, specific colours. He had specific things that were for its tongue, were for its claws. He had lasers on it because he's a boy and every boy needs to shoot something. But the value and the worth and the design that he put in this Lego and how proud he was of it, it's just so amazing. And I think that if a seven-year-old can put so much thought, so much design and so much purpose into Lego, how much more does our father who created us and designed us put purpose into us? You know, we're here today because... I believe that God wants to speak something, that He wants to remind you that He has a promise and a plan for you. And He wants to stir something up inside of each of us. I believe today that God is gonna transform us, that people are gonna be set free, that um, people are gonna be healed, that something significant is gonna happen. So can we pray? Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus. And God, I thank you for each and every person that is watching or listening today. God, would you just bless them? And Holy Spirit, would you open up their hearts and would you start to speak to them, to their seasons, to their challenge, to their situation, whatever it is that they're going through right now. Lord, pour out your peace, pour out your grace. We thank you for your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles with you, why don't you open up to Ezekiel chapter 37 or maybe check it up on your phone. But if you're taking notes, um, the title of my message is called Awaken, Stir It Up, Awaken. You know, the book of Ezekiel um, was written in the Old Testament and uh, Ezekiel, he was a prophet. He was one of God's chosen people that he spoke to to deliver his message uh, to God's chosen people. And when this was written, the Israelites, who were God's chosen people, they'd actually been cap uh, captured, 
They were in exile. They'd been taken away as, as prisoners. And they were living, with, being stripped of, their, stripped of their dignity, their identity, the promises that they had, their, the, the blessings. And at this time, it had been 70 years uh, that they'd been in captivity. You know, for me, I've been 70, year, uh, 70 days in isolation and I want to give up hope, but not quite. But you can just imagine after 70 years how hopeless you would feel, how separated you would feel from the promises that God had for them. But during this passage, God speaks to them and He's speaking to them to remind them that He has a promise for them, that He has a land flowing of milk and honey. That meant prosperity, that meant blessing, not for only for their generation, but for generations to come. And God had also promised them peace. So peace from, uh, and the sides of their boundary, peace from all of their enemies. And so even though they're in captivity, God sends Ezekiel, to remind them that He has a promise for them and that He's gonna bring them through to that promise. You know, God was gonna bring restoration and hope. He was awakening something that was dead, something that was impossible, God made it possible. So Ezekiel 37 verses one to two, it said, the hand of the Lord was on me. He brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley and it was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them. I saw a great many of bones on the floor of the valley and the bones were very dry. You know, it's very hard for God to awaken the promises or to stir something up in you if you don't believe that God is with you and that God is for you. And you know, in the start of this passage, Ezekiel says, the hand of the Lord was upon me. He was leading me. And you know, no matter what we're going through, no matter what valley you may be walking through right now, you need to know that God is for you and that He is with you. Um, you know, when I was pregnant with my third child, Vienna, I got very ill and I had a lot of medical complications. And while I was pregnant and, and journeying through those, I started to suffer severely from anxiety. And I'd struggled and wrestled with anxiety through, throughout my past, but this was a new level of anxiety that I'd never sort of felt. And we just sort of thought that maybe it was because I was so sick uh, physically that once uh, my third child was born, that the anxiety would go away. But it actually only got worse. And um, I started to suffer with anxiety attacks all throughout the day. I used to wake up having panic attacks in the night. And I remember driving to work, I owned my own business, and I was so tormented by this anxiety that I started thinking about how to die. And I know it sounds crazy because I wasn't suicidal, but the pain and the torment that was happening to me, I felt like there was no escape. I felt like I was in this, I was in the valley of the dry bones, that it was very dry, that there was no hope, that it was impossible for me to ever be uh, well, ever, ever to be normal. And God gave me this picture uh, during that time and it was like I was in a desert and it was completely dry and there was big cracks like deep ravines and I was sitting on the ground and it was just scorched, everything was just scorched and, and I was hopeless and I felt all alone. And it was in that moment that God spoke to me and reminded me that He was there and He was with me and He was for me. And that was the start of my healing. I had to hold on to that 
because I knew that if I didn't hold on to that hope, that I wasn't going to get out of that valley of dry bones. And, you know, God doesn't cause bad things to happen to us, but He does use them to build something inside of us, to sometimes stretch us, to sometimes grow us, to, to show us another facet of His grace and His goodness and His faithfulness. And, you know, I don't know what you're going through right now, what challenge or what situation that you may be looking at, but I know that God is with you and God is for you. You know, it's in the valley that the fruit is grown. You know, in the valley, if you think of plantation, it's where the most amount of rain is, the dense soil is, the right amount of sunlight, and it's in between those, those mountains that is protected from the harshness of the storms and the sun scorch. You know, and I just believe that God wants to do something inside of us. He wants to grow fruit in, our, fruit in us so that we can go to the mountaintops and go to the greatness that He has for us. In Psalm chapter 23, verse 4, in the Passion Translation, I love this version. It says, Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of the deepest darkness, fear will not conquer me because you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority and your strength is my peace. The comfort of your love takes away all fear. I will never be lonely for you are near. God is with you, God is for you. You have to know that, friend. God is with you and God is for you. And I believe He wants to awaken something inside of you. He wants to stir something up. He wants to awaken the promises that He has for you. Ezekiel 37 verse 3, it says, He, meaning God, asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. You know, and I think of this and I think if I was Ezekiel, which obviously I'm not, because my answer would have been, well, no, hello. You know, but I love that Ezekiel, he looked at his current situation, what he was looking at, and he chose to have a God perspective. You know, I think if we want God to awaken stuff inside of us, if we want to stir up our faith, if we want to awaken the promises that He has for us, we need to start not looking through our perspective, but through God's perspective. You know, your freedom, your healing, your provision is not found in the resolution of your situation. It is found in the alignment of your perspective. I'm gonna say that again, your freedom, your healing, your provision, your restoration, whatever it is that you need is not found in the resolution of your situation, but it is found in the alignment of your perspective. So my youngest daughter, Vienna, uh, when she was about three and a half years old, on the advice of someone else, we went and got her eyes checked and uh, only to find out that she, she has such poor eyesight, like almost blind, right? And uh, I remember when we went to the optometrist to pick up her new glasses and she put them on, she didn't sort of say anything and we walked out the, the door and she started moonwalking, not like Michael Jackson, you know, like as if she'd landed on the moon, you know, her feet were, were doing this. And I was thinking, it's so strange, what is she doing, you know, but she's a kid, so. Um, and then she looked at the ground and there was this maple leaf, which was probably this big, it was huge. And we'd walked over it when we'd walked in the shop. But when we walked out, she said, Mummy, look at that beautiful leaf. You know, right then I had full mum guilt moment, like, you are such a bad parent. She's been walking around for three and a half years 
with this blurry perspective. You know, she was so full of fear of the, of the world around her because she couldn't see properly. And, you know, I think that sometimes we can be like that in the spiritual. You know, we're walking around looking at our life through our perspective, so it's all blurry, whereas if we just lift up our eyes and look at our situation through God's perspective, how much would things change, you know? And just like Vienna, every day I have to wash her glasses because it gets a bit foggy, it gets a bit grubby just because of life. You know, and I just think that that's such a reminder for us every day. We need to go to God and say, hey, God, am I doing life? Am I looking through life through your perspective? You know, we've got to stop seeing things for where they are and see things for where God told us they would be. There is no storm that God won't bring you through, no obstacle that God won't help you overcome. There's no heartache that God can't heal. There's no enemy God won't defeat. There's no depression, there's no anxiety, there is no addiction, there is no torment. This is for someone right now. There is no torment that God cannot set you free from. Come on, I believe God wants to awaken something inside of us. I believe He wants to stir something up. I believe that He wants to awaken His promises. There's some of you that through life, through disappointments, through things not happening the way you thought it was going to happen, you put that promise and you put it up on the shelf and it's been sitting there, some of you for years gathering dust. And I, I just sense that God is saying, no, 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 come on. Now is the time. I gave that promise. My promises, His, the Bible says my pro His promises, God's promises are yes and amen. Come on, let's stir something up. Let's remember the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God. Let's remember that God is with us, God is for us, and that let's remember to have a God perspective. Ezekiel 37 verses four to five, it says, and then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says, I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. Hey, if we want to awaken the promises of God, if we want to stir up what God has for us, we need to start prophesying. You know, and prophesying is not positive affirmations. And positive affirmations are good. I love them. I do them myself. But prophesying is inspired declarations from a divine source, that being God. You know, we need to start speaking out the Word of God. Do you know prophesy actually means not only to speak, but to sing? You know, some of us, where, where if you're going through anxiety, you need to start singing the Word of God out into the atmosphere. Start singing it over your children. Do you know, when I see certain characteristics in my, or attitudes, I should say, in my children that I don't like, I start prophesying what the Word of God says. I sing over my children, you know, and I don't stand there and necessarily like, oh, because you don't want to hear my voice. But... In my, in my room, in my private time, when I sing, when I'm praying blessing over them, I, I'm thinking of them. You know, we need to start prophesying the Word of God. Come on, do you need something awakened in your life? Do you need to awaken some hope? Do you need to awaken your purpose? Do you need to awaken the promises that God has for you? Start speaking life. Start building the dream back. You know, the grave, that, that grave that we're talking about, that was a symbol of things that had died, things that were so dead. But God says, prophesy, speak my word 
and then things start to come to life. The Bible says that, the, that there's death and life in the power of the tongue. Come on, let's start shifting our atmosphere. When we start having a perspective, God's perspective, and we start speaking out that perspective, atmospheres change, things in our lives change. When God resurrects, He restores. He brings things back stronger with greater impact and more profitable, profitable than before. You know, I really believe it during this time, if you're a business over, I'm just, I'm prophesying right now that God is gonna resurrect, that He's gonna awaken something that's gonna lead you to greater blessing, greater provision than ever before. That God is gonna start giving you new visions, new dreams. If you've lost your job, I believe that God's gonna bring something that is better than you could have ever imagined. And I'm just speaking that out right now because I believe that's truth. You know, without the presence of God, there is no hope. And I'm not saying that to scare you, but when we put our hope in our, in our circumstances, in people, in our jobs, in our finances, they let us down. They eventually disappoint us. But when we put our hope and our trust in God, He never lets us down. The Bible says that God does not change. God the Father does not change. He is the same yesterday, He is the same today, and He is the same forevermore, all in the future. He doesn't change. Let's put our hope in Him. You know, we need to trust in God for He keeps His promises. Ezekiel 37, verse 11 to 14 says, Then He said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up, our hope is gone, we are cut off. And you know, that's my talk, my own self-talk sometimes. You know what, it's too dead, it's too hard, that won't happen. And I know that some of you can probably relate to that, but this is what God says. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. He says, therefore prophesy to them and say, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, my people, um, I am going to open up your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. That means I, I'm going to open up the things that were dead. I'm going to bring them to life. I'm going to bring you back to the promised land. I'm going to bring you back to prosperity. I'm going to bring you back to peace. This is His promise. Then you, my people, that's you, that's me, will know that I am the Lord when I open up the graves and bring you up from them. Verse 14, I will put my spirit in you and you will live. I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I have spoken. This is what I have done, declares the Lord. Hey, God keeps His promises. You can put your trust in Him. We just have to choose to put our trust in Him. You know, no one loves you more than Jesus. No one knows you more than Jesus. And no one, no thing, no situation, no addiction, no torment has more authority over you than Jesus. And right now, you might be in a, in a situation where you cannot trace Him, but you can trust Him. Come on, we need to never let the presence of a storm cause us to doubt the presence of God. Don't let the valley that you're walking through rob you of what God is doing inside of you while you're walking through this. Jesus is more concerned with what is going on inside of you than what is going on around you. He doesn't look at your circumstances and get shocked. He loves you. Come on, we need to remember that God is with you and God is for you. We need to align our, our eyes, like shift our perspective to have a God perspective. We need to start prophesying, start speaking out the Word of God, and we need to put our trust in Him. And you know what I've found is that when I, I get down to the bottom of the situation or problem that, that I'm walking through and that I'm facing, really when I strip it all back, 
often it comes back down to where I'm not trusting God and I'm trusting my own understanding. You know, Vienna, uh, we've been out doing a lot of bike riding, sorry, with all my kids, but Vienna, she's five and a half and she's still got trainer wheels and uh, uh, her bike has, you know, like the handle at the back where you can sort of push it along. And that's been great because my other, other two kids are quite fast at bike riding, so it means that I can run alongside with them. But she's been building up her confidence and building up her strength in riding this bike. And so I've started to let go of the handle. And, you know, she's noticed that I'm letting go of the handle. And she now, when we go out bike riding, she spends her whole time looking backwards to see if I'm holding the handle. Um, She's gotten so smart that she will look at the shadow out the side, because, you know, sometimes the shadow goes slightly forward. And she'll say, you're not holding me, you're not holding me. And she's missing out on the joy of where we're going and, you know, the the joy of riding a bike because she's too busy not trusting that her mum will catch her when she falls, that one at her parent. You know, and I think sometimes we do life like that. We're so busy rather than just going, okay, God, I trust you. I'm going to focus you. I'm going to hold my hand out and I'm going to believe that you will lead me and guide me when we're too busy going, okay, well, if he doesn't come through with that finance, then I'll do something on that side. And I'd like to say that I never do that, but this is a challenge that I walk through. You know, I trust God with my head. If you ask me, yes, I trust God. But when it comes down to when I start to feel overwhelmed, I start to feel anxious, I start to feel out of control about a certain situation, I realise I trust God up here, but I don't trust Him in my heart. And, you know, there's no such thing as partial surrender. Trust works with full surrender. And God wants us to completely surrender ourselves to Him and trust Him because he has a plan and a purpose for us. And I think often when we fear or worry, all it does is it just highlights where we trust God the least. And he allows that so that we can go to him and say, no, God, I put my trust in you. Proverbs chapter three, verses five to eight says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Notice it doesn't say head there. All your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you which path to take. Do not be impressed by your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing to your body and strength for your bones. That's a promise. When we trust God, when we put all our trust in him and we don't lean on our own understanding, we don't go, well, why? We just go, okay, I'm just gonna trust you. Then you will have healing to your body and strength to your bones. Come on, when we give God our undivided attention, when we seek Him and His will throughout the day, you know, His voice gets louder and trust becomes easier. Come on, if we want to awaken what God has for us, we want to stir up our faith, we want to stir up the promise that He has for us. We need to trust that God is with us and that God is for us. We need to shift our perspective and have a God perspective. We need to start prophesying, start speaking out the Word of God and we need to trust Him that He has promises for us. You know, God causes life to come out of death. He restores what is lost and broken. He um, brings health and wholeness out of sickness. He brings peace and joy out of torment. He casts out fear and bring peace. Hi, I'm Richard Gabaki and pastor of Lifehouse Church. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to this message and I hope and pray that you feel that it's added value to your life. 
My greatest desire is to see people develop a personal relationship with Jesus, which can begin by praying a very simple prayer. I'm going to pray that prayer right now, and if you'd like to begin that relationship, you can just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I choose you as my only hope of being forgiven. Please come into my life and let me begin a relationship with you that will last for all eternity. If you've prayed that prayer, we would love to know about it and celebrate your fantastic decision. You can do that by sending an email to mydecision at lifehouse.com.au. We look forward to hearing from you.